Good morning. That was a smooth transition. Did you see? But how, how good is it? A time of worship where we just kind of direct our eyes to who God is, how good He is. Uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting together in church and worshiping together, is there? Yeah, it's good. Turn to the person next to you and say, It's good. Are you awake? <laughs> don't ask, don't ask. All right. Now, uh, does anyone enjoy going to the art gallery? Is there anyone who enjoys heading to the art gallery? Yeah, I, I, uh, I quite enjoy it. And usually as a family, we'll go to the art gallery probably like once, maybe, maybe twice a year if we're feeling really adventurous. Um, but we, uh, I shared last week we were in Melbourne for a week and we went to the art gallery of Victoria uh, and it, Pretty amazing. We didn't even get to see the whole thing, and we just saw lots of great things. I love the different rooms in an art gallery. Do you love that? Like, there's different themes for different rooms, and uh, and I love those themes and how it kind of ties together. And I, I don't, I get amazed at the pretty paintings. Anyone else? You just get amazed, and I love that. And this isn't where I'm going this morning, but I love perspective sometimes. You can see a painting from across the room and it looks so clear and detailed. And then you get up close and it's like just blotches of paint on a, on a canvas. It's really cool. I love it. And I love the, the super real portraits. Does anyone love that room in, in Adelaide? There's this kind of room with these super real portraits. And then there's this one painting, this one that looks like Mr. Bean. Has anyone seen the Mr. Bean movie? And there's the, the picture and he rubs out her face and he paints. And you, there's, if you, next time you go to the gallery, there's the room with all the portraits. There's this one painting. It's on the uh, northwest kind of wall, corner. I'm, I'm making that up, but I think it is northwest. Uh, have a look for this painting. And when you see it, it's funny. It's got like this nose that's kind of drawn on. It's hyper-realistic and then with this weird nose. Anyway. Again, not what I'm talking about. Uh, I, love, I love the modern art too. You know, like those weird things that you look at from a distance, you go, I could have done that. But I love looking at those things. Anyone else? The contrast of them, the, the colours, it, it really does kind of draw your attention. But here in Adelaide, uh, there's this particular piece. Uh, that always stands out for me. And it doesn't matter how many times I've gone through the art gallery, this one draws my attention every time. It grabs it and it holds it. And I want to stay there and I want to look at it for a long time. There's lots of detail in it. Now, I think it's because it is so different from everything else in the art gallery. I think it's like, that's, that's why I want to spend a lot of time. That's why it grabs my attention, it holds it. It's, it's a bit curious. It makes me curious. It makes me want to ask questions. Why on earth did the artist create this? Yeah. Does anyone know kind of that, that art that I'm talking about? Um, what I want to tell you, well, when I tell you what it is, you might look at me a little bit differently, all right? And, uh, and I thought it was a good title for this morning's kind of preach. I, I don't usually do titles of a preach, but this is what... This is what the, the art piece is called, all right? Now, excuse me, I, my German, I've only done a couple of years of German at school. It's Das Swings und Roundabouts für die Kinder. Ja, nein. Schweinhund. That, that's the name of the art piece. And does anyone know the art piece that I'm talking about? Has anyone been through the gallery enough? There is a box 
It's a glass box and in it are tiny little characters. And the whole glass box is full of these tiny characters. And the translation of the German is swings and roundabouts for the children. You will pick that up. Swings and roundabouts for the children. Yes, no, pig face. And inside the box are zombie Nazis and little McDonald's characters. And it is one of the most disturbing but curious and intriguing art pieces I've ever seen. And it's kind of like a train coming through a hill. It's very, very detailed and there's all these scenes. And if you look, there's like, yeah, like Grimace and Hamburglar and what's the purple guy? Is that Grimace? In a tunnel? So some people know, that's good. You don't think differently of me now that I sit there and stand, I like stare at that for ages. Uh, But the reason is because it is so different from everything else in the space. And it's not that I'm intrigued or love Nazi zombies, as crazy as that title seems, but it's, it's that it is different, that it stands out. We are, we're looking at the book of First Peter together. Last, we started last week, and I want to give you just a quick recap. Um, it's, a, it's a letter that Peter, as in the Apostle Peter, wrote for the church for circulation around modern-day Turkey. So there's a, there's a bunch of churches. The early church spread into Turkey. And a, and a lot of uh, churches that Paul and Peter had started were in what is now modern-day Turkey. So it's Peter the Apostle, previously named Simon, right? And Simon was a fisherman. Does anyone remember there was a song about Simon was a fisherman? Hoo-ha-hey or something? I don't know. It's, it's kids' camps. I don't know. Uh, Simon, who was a fisherman. Now, we actually know a fair bit about Simon. The Gospels cover Simon pretty pretty specifically. And I mentioned last week, I think the other Gospel writers were pretty keen to like dig it into Peter a little bit because he makes a few mistakes and we read about them and we hear about them. But we also hear about some of the great things Peter does. He's a guy who takes action, maybe thinks about it a little bit later. We see him walk on water. Remember, Jesus calls him out and he's the one who kind of walks on water for a few steps at least. He, uh, he cuts off the ear of the, the guard who's coming to, to get Jesus. He, he denies Jesus three times we hear. But we also hear he preaches boldly at Pentecost and the church starts. Yeah, 3,000 are added that day. Peter is a father of the church and we kind of called him last week Papa Pete, all right? Are we okay with that? I did hear from someone last week, I almost walked out when you said Papa Pete, because it's a bit too close to Daddy God. And we're, we don't want to do Daddy God, but, but Papa Pete's okay, right? All right. Everyone's like looking at me like, what are you talking about? If you want, you can call him St. Peter. I think that's actually his official title, but Papa Pete. All right. Um, and we, we're going to spend just a couple of weeks looking at this letter. It's a five chapters. It's not long. And I encourage you to read through 1 Peter. Now, as much as we know about 1 Peter, uh, as much as we know about Peter, he was an action guy and we, we don't kind of think of him as the theology thinking guy. This is a very well-crafted letter. 1 Peter is very well-crafted. It, it, has, it gives great theological insight. Uh, it, it gives us a great picture of salvation and suffering. And we looked last week at some of that suffering. Um, 
And we hear there's actually a bit of a stark contrast between 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And we, as much as Peter's a good thinker, he had a great scribe for the first letter. And so we actually, there's some scholars who think maybe 1 Peter wasn't actually written by Peter, but he had a great scribe and it says at the end of the letter, who probably tidied up his, uh, his writing a little bit, made it, made it really nice and pretty. Kind of like when I have to submit something, I give it to Susie and she makes sure the grammar and the wording's nice. Has anyone got anyone like that in their lives? Yeah. Uh, so First Peter, really well written. Uh, and last week, like I said, um, we looked at the topic of suffering. Who thinks that sounds fun, right? Suffering. And are you glad that you missed it if you missed it last week? that we talked about suffering. Anyway, can I encourage you to actually catch up on last week through Spotify or, or SoundCloud? There's some, there's some great insight from Peter that is so good and gives us the hope of our lives. That even through suffering, even through the greatest hardship, even through grief, that actually we have a hope and a hope that can help us endure through those. And our hope is the hope of our salvation. One day we will be whole and fully healed without suffering. And that's what we hold on to through the trials we face today. Cool? So go have a listen to that. Um, okay. So Peter keeps teaching us. And we're, we're kind of, I, I said Papa Pete. And the reason I said Papa Pete is because we're sitting at the feet of Peter and we're listening and we're learning. Are you, are you kind of ready to, to humble yourselves before God's Word this morning? Are you, have you come with that posture where we know that God has good things for us, where we're ready to learn and listen, and hopefully it transforms us? Now, Instead of reading a huge chunk of Scripture, because he covers this topic for, for about almost two chapters, we're going to just read some selections. Now, I don't usually do this because I want to present Scripture in its fullest, but I also don't want to be here for the next half an hour while we read through lots together. And I've captured the main points. So thanks, Nath. We're going to start at 1 Peter 1. Verse 13, as you can see, we didn't actually get super far last week, 13 verses in. All right, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when, Christ, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Skip a couple of verses. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. We see, throwback to last week, this idea that, that there is a life for us that is eternal. That, that we can endure what we do today because we have a hope in salvation. So get rid of 
all evil behaviour. Because we are born again, get rid of all evil behaviour, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy and all kind, all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when He judges the world. All right, let's pray and we'll kind of make some sense of that together. God, you are good. We thank you for our time already together. God, we thank you for good coffee. We thank you for good uh, conversation. God, we thank you that we can lift our voices together in unison and, and, and stand together unified in your truth and who you are. Uh, we just pray in these moments. We just want to humble ourselves before your word. We want to learn. We want to hear from St. Peter's words this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. So the message this morning, we're finally there. We're finally to the point. The message this morning is simple. All right. Who knows that the message on a Sunday morning is usually pretty simple? No? Oh, I haven't been doing it right then if it hasn't been simple. But it's, it's usually... It's usually a simple idea, and, it, and that sounds good. And I think Peter is getting his message across fairly well without me having to explain a lot of things to you this morning. So we might be in for a nice brief one today. What do you reckon? You know, that's dangerous. Where's Nick? He's usually laughing at me by this point. Um, but even though the main idea is simple, I want to suggest... And I want to warn you today, the application is not so easy. The idea is simple, but to live it out, who knows, it's not that easy sometimes. Peter is telling us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are to live differently. We are to live differently. You have been born again, Peter says. In Christ, you have a new life. And this new life means that you live differently from the old life. Make sense? That we live differently than we used to live. Peter says in in that verse, don't slip back into the old ways of living. And this morning, there's there's two ways, I I believe. In these couple of chapters, there's two ways which Peter tells us to live differently. Are you with me this morning? We're, We're ready to hear these. The first one is this. The first way we are to live differently is in personal holiness. Peter quotes Leviticus to us in in chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. He's not talking about himself. He's not saying we have to be holy because Peter is holy. He's talking about God. God revealed to us that God is holy, so we must be holy. Now, the word holy uh, means to be set apart, right? To be set apart, especially for God's purposes. To be or different, right? To be different means, that's what holy means. Peter is saying that because of our faith in Jesus and our salvation, we have been 
cleansed of our sin and forgiven. Is that good news for anyone? We've been cleansed of our sin. We have been forgiven. And he says, so don't go back. Don't go back to how you used to live. Get rid of the evil behaviours. Get rid of the things that lead to death. Peter outlines some of these behaviours for us. He says, get rid of deceit and lying, right? These are, this is a bit of a different list than we'll see kind of Paul put together, and I'll, I'll cross to that in a second. But he says, get, re- get rid of deceit and lying. Who knows that deceit and lying leads to breakdown of things, doesn't it? It leads to death, and it leads to death of relationships, who knows that you can't have a good relationship with someone if there is deceit and lying, right? It just doesn't work. He then, again, gives us another uh, behavior that we need to get rid of. Get rid of hypocrisy. Be who you say you are, is what Peter is saying. Don't say you're one thing and then live a different way. He says, get rid of jealousy. Get rid of unkind speech, slander, and gossip. Can I tell you this morning, sin leads to death. If we look at that list Peter gives, it leads to a death of relationship, doesn't it? All those things lead to breakdown in relationship with others. It breaks trust. And Peter is saying that there is another way to live. Not one that leads to hurt and breakdown of trust and, 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 and death of relationships, but one that leads to life. One that leads to thriving relationships with others. One that leads to a thriving relationship with God and with the people around us. Am I making sense so far? Yeah. Good. Peter isn't the only writer, like I said, in the New Testament who tells us to get rid, uh, who urges us to get rid of selfish or, or evil and sinful behaviours. Paul does it for us in, in Romans 12.2. He says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't, don't copy what everyone else is doing. Don't copy what the world is doing. Paul also writes in Ephesians 4, he says, get rid, again, there's that, that line, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So Paul backs up the same thing that Peter is talking about. We, as followers of Jesus, are to be different. We're to be set apart, holy. Because, not, not because of some moral rules, but because sin gets in, their, in the way of our relationship with God and sin gets in the way of our relationship with each other, right? Not just a set of rules, but something that leads us towards a more satisfying, rich and full life. Like Jesus says in John 10, 10, full, satisfying, rich life. This morning, the first question I have for you, 
are there things you need to get rid of? Are there behaviours you need to stop? Can I tell you this morning, as always, this is not shame, but this is to bring freedom and life. I think sometimes when we hear the word sin, we're immediately thinking, someone's judging us. Oh no, this isn't something we should be talking about. But actually, when we talk about sin, we're, we are talking about there is, there is a more fulfilling life that God has for us. And actually, Peter and Paul are trying to teach us as elders how to do that, how to experience that. Cool. Give me a thumbs up if you're still with me. Yeah, good, good, good. All right. So this morning, is there something that you need to get rid of? I want you to think about that. The second way Peter tells us to live differently is in how we treat others, right? That as Christians, we need to treat the people around us differently than the world does. First Peter 2.12 Peter says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. As followers of Jesus, we are to treat people differently. We are to be known for how we treat each other and our neighbours, aren't we? That we should be people who treat others like they are valuable, that they are children of God, that they have worth, right? And actually, Jesus says in John 13, 35, he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This is a non-negotiable. It's not like we can be born again and become Christians and continue to treat other people in the same way. When we get a revelation of who God is, of how loving, how gracious, how kind our God is, and His attitude towards us. Who knows that that should lead us to change our attitude and how we treat others, right? Peter is saying, as followers of Jesus, having experienced that love, the grace in our lives, we should treat people differently. We should treat, and Peter will go on, we should treat our family different. Who knows? Sometimes it's easier to treat a stranger really nicely than it is your family sometimes, those closest to it. My family sees the rawest part of me, right? And, and we would know that. They see the worst of me. But who knows that there's still, Peter is still suggesting, you, you can't let your guard down around your family. Still live differently. Treat your family differently because of this love you've experienced from Jesus. Peter says we should treat our neighbours differently than the rest of the world. That in your street, you should be known because you treat those around you differently. That there is more compassion, there is more love, there is more grace shown. We, oh man, this is a good one. That we should treat our bosses differently than the rest of our workmates. Peter's suggesting this, and we'll get to the verse in a second, but he says, those above you, those with authority over you, you should treat them differently than everybody else. 
Who knows, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should treat the government differently. That's a, that's a big one, isn't it? And I'm not, I'm not up here with a political hat on, but, I, but Peter instructs us very clearly that we should look at the government differently than everyone else. Does anyone think that all of these things sound challenging? Because I can tell you they are, right? <laughs> like I said, it's a simple concept, but to put it in practice is hard work. And you may actually be like this morning, Nath, sounds like a good idea, but you haven't met my family. <laughs> yeah? Or maybe you don't know how annoying my neighbours actually are. And you don't know how mean my boss is to me. And there's no way you could possibly mean this government when you say we should treat this government differently. But Peter goes on from this verse, suggesting a simple idea. uh, And he expands this a little bit for us. He starts addressing groups of people, telling them how they are to be different. And actually, some of the groups of people he's addressing in his letter are people who had every right not to treat the others differently. They had every right to actually be a bit rebellious even to those above them or or beside them. Let's have a look. So 1 Peter 2.13, Peter is talking about respecting people in authority. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honour those who do right. It is God's will. Are we hearing those words? They're pretty full on. It is God's will that your honourable lives should silence those ignorant people and make foolish accusations against you. For you are free Yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Now, can I tell you, Peter is writing this in a time when Nero was emperor of Rome. Peter is writing this from Rome. And uh, Nero is, is famous for setting Rome alight. He lit up Rome. He set it on fire because he wanted to put the blame on Christians at the time. Does anyone know that story, kind of? And he, uh, he, he accused the Christians of setting fire to Rome, but Nero actually ordered or set the fire himself. It led to Rome and, and that empire persecuting Christians. So Peter's not writing this under a good king or a good emperor saying we should respect and we should you know sit under their authority and and we should live differently towards our government he's doing this under some pretty crazy circumstances if you thought your boss was bad this you know we're talking about an emperor who who set something alight and blamed uh peter and the christians This isn't a fun time to submit to the authority of the king. Yet Peter tells us in our lives that we should submit to the authority and the king of our nations. 
Who knows that that takes some humility sometimes? Who, or I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to, you know, rise up and rebel sometimes. I'm like, that's unfair. And that doesn't mean that we don't have opinions and we want justice to flow. But it is saying how we speak about our leaders should be different. How we pray and our attitude towards them should be different. It doesn't matter who's the prime minister at the moment. Who knows as Christians, we should be praying for them. They lead our country, we should be praying for them. We should pray that Holy Spirit helps them and leads them and that we as Christians do our best to make sure that we live in a, in a great country. Am I making sense? Good. All right. Peter goes on. And this time he's addressing slaves. All right. First Peter 2, 20, 21. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. Again, Peter is writing to slaves, like actual slaves, not a metaphor of a slave, like, like people who are owned by other people in this time. Now, I know that sometimes Scripture and sometimes people use it as a, and it was used Scripture as an excuse for, or an, um, what's the word? An excuse for actually having slaves. And Peter isn't saying slavery is right in these verses. Not at all. But he is saying that if we find ourselves in that position, as Christians, we are to live differently. That we are to submit, but that we are to still do good, even to those who might be oppressing us. Who knows that sounds challenging? Yeah? Okay. He then moves on and and he addresses wives. Peter, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Now, we don't have heaps of time to go into family structures of the day. But, um, but when Peter is addressing wives, especially in a Roman context... There was, there was uh, wives were almost like property for a husband. The, the patriarch of a, a Roman household is that the man is the boss and everyone else is kind of owned by the, by the head of that. And Jesus is presenting a different way. He's saying, wives, there's, there's a chance for you to humbly submit to your husband still, but do good in those situations. Live an honourable life in that so that the others may see that you are living differently. He then goes on and he doesn't just say to wives, that's what you do. But he says to husbands, you also, in the same way, you husbands must give honour to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. May, she may be weaker than you are, and he's talking about physically, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Peter, that's pretty full on. Husbands, if you aren't living differently and treating your wives in a way, uh, 
Paul kind of talks about uh, like Jesus loves the church. That's how husbands should treat their wives. He's saying your prayers won't be answered. That's pretty full on. But again, for husbands hearing this, Gentile husbands hearing this was, this was radical. Treat your wives with res- absolute respect. In the same way, in the same way, give honour to your wives. Okay. And the last little instruction Peter kind of talks about is to all Christians. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathise with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Who knows that's living differently, isn't it? I don't know about you, but if someone wrongs me, I want to wrong them back. Maybe a bit more, you know, an extra one in there. Now, am I the only one? But can I tell you, that's, that's our old nature. That is our old lives. And, and Jesus said we are born again and we now have a new nature that we have to continually put on. And Peter's suggesting that when we are at the wrong end of something, that we are to live differently in a way that is noticeable, that we don't retaliate, that we don't pay back evil for evil, but that we give a blessing instead. That is what God has called you to do and He will grant you His blessing. There's some interesting verses in there and I encourage you to read through it in the full context and and having a look. But Peter, this morning, to us in this room, is suggesting that we live in a way that is so different that people can't help but question why we live like we do. Don't you think Christians should be so obvious in our world. I, I don't know about you. I, I kind of play this game sometimes. It's, you know, weird one because my mind's a bit weird. But, you know, when you're in uh, uh, a location or, or it's almost like I, I want to spot the Christians. I'm like, I reckon that person's pretty nice. I reckon they're a Christian. Does anyone kind of play that game sometimes? Or you see like, you know, when you watch those reality TV, usually the voice and stuff, you're like, oh, that person seems nice. I reckon they've got a church background. No? No one else? Okay. Just me again. Uh, but who knows that we should stand out for being different? Not stand out for our hard opinions on things. Not stand out for our judgment on different things. But stand out for our action and our love for others. Stand out for our kindness to one another. Stand out because we're not retaliating back with fire and repaying evil with evil, but because we choose to react differently, because our words are different. Not in just we say, but obvious in how differently we live. I don't know about you, but this morning my prayer is this, is that the Holy Spirit will convict me again, but he'll also equip me to lead this holy life Peter is calling us to live. Because this morning, if there's one thing I know, it's that I need help to do this. 
How good is it that we have the Holy Spirit to help us? Who knows that we need the Holy Spirit to help us to live like that? Our flesh and our desires of our flesh. That's a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong motivator, isn't it? But Peter's saying, no longer do we live that way. We put on our new nature. We live because we are born again. We are a new creation. We want people to know God's goodness, don't we? Can we make can we live lives that make people curious? Who knows that we should be living lives that make people curious? I, I had the the worst illustration at the start of this preach about an art piece that made me curious. But who knows that I I sometimes I've dead set my family tell you I've spent maybe an hour at that exhibition before. Because I'm curious. I'm like, well, it's so different. I want our lives to be like that. In our, in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighbourhoods, where people are curious, why, why on earth would they keep giving and keep blessing? Why don't they speak poorly of other people? Why do, they, why do their words and their... Why are they so different? It's our biggest kind of testimony to the world, do you know? It's very rare that we get an opportunity to stand up and, and kind of share the good news in a, in a way like this. But who knows that we can share the good news every day by living a different life, by impacting those around us. That we can have better families and we can have better workplaces when we live differently. We can inspire and we can lead. Am I making sense this morning? Can we pray together? Let's pray. God, you are good. We thank you that we, um, we have the words of our church father, Peter, that we can look over and read. We just ask, Holy Spirit, that you uh, quicken them to our minds, like that we, that we learn them in, in our intellect and knowledge. But also we ask this morning that, Holy Spirit, you help that transform into our actions. Help us to live differently. God, we, um, we pray that we might be holy people, set apart, different, that we might get rid of those behaviours that lead to death. God, we also ask this morning, Holy Spirit, that you equip us to live different in how we treat others. May we have soft hearts. May we love others and see others as you see them. May we place great value on other people. Help us to not react in the way that we we would have reacted in the past. Help us to react in a different way, in a way that only pours out blessing. So uh, help us with the control of our tongue, with our actions. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us and that you help us in that. And we pray as we leave this place today that we know that you are with us, that you are a good God and you don't ask us to do things that are are impossible, but that you equip us for the task. And we, we thank you for that. May your word go down deep into our hearts. And we pray this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us this morning. I really encourage you to, to read through First Peter.
Uh, like I said, five chapters. I reckon you could do that this week, you know, a chapter a day. Yeah. Can I see a nod? That's good. Thank, thanks, Jacob. That's good. Uh, hope you have a great week.